thankful heart that it's already beginning to happen within you so that we don't have to spend a whole lot of time trying to stimulate that in you. That it's already beginning to happen and it's beginning to happen because we're explaining once again what Holy Communion is all about. Everybody say God blesses obedience. And He chastens because of disobedience. There's blessing and there's cursing. You don't have to say it all or we'll all be preaching, but we'll, there's blessing and cursing in the Bible. And I love reading about the blessings. I don't want to keep trying to get God to bless what I'm doing. I'm going to start doing what God is blessing. There's a difference. Psalm 1 says, Blessed is the man that stands not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, nor walks in the way of sinners. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, in which he doth meditate day and night. He will be like a tree that is planted by the waters, by the river of river and waters, and he will cease not from yielding his fruit, and whatever he puts his hand to shall prosper. Can you say amen? That's the blessing of the Lord. And what really is, is amazing that God would show the way of blessing, show the way of cursing, and that people would choose the way of cursing instead of the way of blessing. Bless this mess. If you have that sign on your desk as a Christian, you need to throw it in the trash can and let God get rid of the mess in your life. Pop song from James Brown. Probably y'all don't know James Brown, but anyway, way back. James and the Fabulous Flames used to go to the armory, not just to see wrestling, but to see James Brown and the Fabulous Flames. Papa, don't take no mess. I won't tell you the rest of it because the lyrics get a little bit non-churchy. Amen. You know. Amen. You know. Papa, don't take no mess. Listen. Trying to just get God to bless our disobedience. To pity us because of the fix we're in, the mess we make, is not how to get out of your mess. It's by obedience to His Word. Amen. You can't sit in the counsel of the ungodly. You can't be, you read your Bible one day and Dr. Spock the next. And I'm not talking about the Spock on the Star Wars thing. The other guy. You can't read the psychology of man and, and trying to blend it somehow with the Word of God. It's like oil and water. It won't mix. God made you. God knows how to fix you. Amen. Rolls-Royce makes an automobile that is insured by Rolls-Royce. It costs a, a lot of money. And a man bought one and it broke down. And he called them, and they sent him the part by plane with a man to put the part in. And he said, how much do I owe you for fixing my Rolls Royce? They said, we have no, you owe us nothing, because we have no report of any Rolls Royce breaking down. In other words, if we charged you for fixing it, we'd have to admit it broke down. So the good news is, we're not going to acknowledge it even broke down. <laughs> and the better news is, we're not going to charge you one penny for fixing it. Our records do not show that your Rolls Royce ever broke down. We know how to fix it. But I'll tell you something, if you bypass them and you get somebody else to work on it, the warranty is null and void. Anybody got anything electronic at home? It's a little tag on the back and says, if you break this seal, the warranty's no good anymore. In other words, if you're going to piddle with it, 
instead of getting an authorized technician on it, they're not going to bless your mess. <laughs> Can you say amen? <laughs> amen. There's a reason for that. You don't know how to do that. Well, I'll just go in there and see if I can find out what's wrong with it. I'll take that bad boy apart. My dad, he used to have a guy next door, and he called himself a mechanic. He was more of a maniac than a mechanic. He just spelled it wrong. I think it was maniac. That guy was crazy, and my dad was crazy for letting him, but he didn't have, you know, he didn't have any kind of insurance on his automobiles, and it cost so much to have them worked on. That guy said, I can fix it. I can fix it. And he had tools. He did. He had metric tools. He had every kind of tool in the world, but his favorite tool was pliers. <laughs> I don't think he could figure out the metric system, so he just grabbed a pair of pliers, and, and every nut on some things had been just worn off, you know, the edges, because he's just letting them pliers go round and round. And he was good. He could, if your water pump was bad, he could tear that stuff off your car. My dad had an old Cadillac, and he'd tear in that old Cadillac, and there'd be a stack of stuff out under that carport that he took off of that car to get into the water pump. Then when he got in there, he didn't know how to fix it or how to put the other one in. And what was even worse, he didn't know how to put it all back together. <laughs> so when he came to the, his wit's end, which... It didn't take him long to get there. You understand what I'm saying? He, he would say, Bob, I'm sorry. Because he was wore out, give out, it's hot, he's frustrated. He said, Bob, I'm sorry, I just can't fix it for you. I would if I could, but I just, I just can't fix it for you. Now my dad's got another problem. His car is all tore apart and stacked up on the, not all of it, but so much of it that he couldn't possibly get it back together. And he'd have to put all that stuff in the trunk of his car. And have his car towed to a mechanic instead of a maniac. Can you say amen? And let somebody that knew what they were doing go to work on it. I'm going to tell you something. God knows what he's doing. He knows how to help you to fix it. But he doesn't bless a mess to fix it. He gets us out of that mess. He gets us into a position where he can bless us. And that's why... This little appendum to this scripture is missed. Every time we pray, we're focusing most of the time on faith. Whatever you ask in prayer, believing, you shall receive. Faith. 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 If I just believe, regardless of the condition of my heart, just when God sees that faith, when He saw their faith, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence, faith, faith, faith. Just a little bit of faith. You don't need a whole lot, but you've got to use every bit you've got, faith, 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 a little bit of faith. As your faith be, so be it unto you. Faith. When you go to pray, listen to this. This is what's missing. This is what is de-emphasized, not even emphasized, and so crucial. In all things, with prayer and supplication. How many in trouble know who to pray to? How many know how to articulate what your need is? You can tell him. Call him up. Call him up. Tell him what you want. That's what supplication means. It means direct request. Don't get it out into some vague thing. It means be specific. If you're sick, tell him you need to be healed. Blind man, Jesus asked him. He wants you to be specific. Blind man comes to Jesus. What does Jesus say? What do you want? Well, you know, you don't have to be God Almighty and be omniscient to figure that out. He's blind. He's standing in front of you. He can't see but he asked him to be specific. It's part of faith is, is not asking, you know. Be, be careful who you ask to pray over a luncheon. Because there's some people who are going to pray for 20 minutes for people all over the world. No, this is not intercession for the world. This is blessing the pork chops. Can you say amen? 
Be specific in all things with prayer and distinct request. Be specific. Be specific. If you toe up from the flow up, if you're beat down and you're, you're doubting, say, Lord, I believe. Help thou my unbelief. Help me, Jesus. In all things, with prayer, men ought always to pray and not to faint. Listen carefully. In all things, with prayer and supplication, let your request be made known unto God. He asked the blind man, what do you want? He said, Lord, that I might see. Hallelujah. When he got, when he, when he, see, this is part of saying, I'm looking to you. You are my source. My faith is in you. And I'm trusting in you. Praise God. So supplication is part of that. In all things with prayer. I don't have a bit of problem praying when I'm in trouble. I prayed before I got saved when I was in trouble. And if the trouble is really bad, I promise God things. If you'll get me out of this, I'll go to church. And He got me out and I didn't go to church. Because I knew if I did go to church, I'd get convicted by the Holy Spirit. But I'm glad when I finally went to church and responded to the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And came to know Christ as my Savior. Make all kinds of promises to God. It's easy to pray when you're in trouble. <laughs> it's easy to pray. Amen. For yourself. Listen to me carefully. In all things with prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving. Now the focus isn't on faith alone. In all things with prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving. You see, most people are not going to apply gratitude and thanksgiving until the prayer is answered. Until they see a change. Until the circumstances change. God is saying, before you see anything, I want you to start thanking me. I, see, that's the, that, see, as long as it's all about you and you can't see Beyond your, we don't look at the things which are seen. They're temporary, subject to change. We do look at the things which are that you can't see. Because they're not subject to change. They are eternal. Thanksgiving. Wouldn't it be great if everybody got this right? They said, Lord, before I, before I finish my petition, I'm going to stop right now. And thank you for the answer. I want to thank you for your faithfulness. I want to thank you that my lost loved ones are going to be saved. I'm not going to wait to thank you until they are saved. It requires no faith to thank Him after the fact. And if He is faithful, how many believe He's faithful? That should be the focus of your faith right there. Lord, I want to thank you for my son's salvation. Is he completely in the kingdom? He's in it so far. He told me, he said, Daddy, if I die, because he thought he was going to die before me, even though I had a major stroke some years ago. And I was knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door. And God is the one that said, it's not time for you to come. Because not only was I knocking on heaven's door, I had the peace to go home. And the old timers will tell you it this way, and I'm becoming an old timer, so I'm going to say it too. It's better felt than told. I can try to describe his peace at that particular time all day long, but until you experience it for yourself, you'll never truly know what it's like. But it is indeed a peace that passes all understanding. When you can lay by yourself in the back of an ambulance and listen to them talking about the seriousness of your condition, and you know that at any moment... What the, the breath could be the last breath. And you have peace, perfect peace in your heart. A peace so perfect that in the midst of that kind of crisis, and believe me, that's, that's a crisis. That when I got to the hospital, my blood pressure, which should have been through the roof, was perfectly normal. You've got to have something supernatural for that to happen. 
If I go in a doctor's office, just the smell of the place. Dentist, even worse. It rises up. I went to apply for a job years and years ago when I was young. I went to apply for a job. And I never had any blood pressure issues. And the doctor that had to okay me for the physical for the job, he took my blood pressure and said, your blood pressure is high. i got to put it down here. He said, I said, Doc, I need a job. i got a family. In other words, I'm pushing it all up. So much riding on it. We, we, we couldn't, listen, we've never been able to go into our savings. Amen? Ask me why. Because we didn't have any savings. When investment companies call me to invest some money into something, that extra money, you're barking up the wrong tree. Come on, Brother Hobbs. I'm going to put you on my answering service. Amen. What money? Okay, that's what I want to put on there. But God provides. God provides. God provides. In everything with prayer and supplication, let your request be made. No, no. With, in everything with prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known unto God and the peace of God that passes all understanding will keep your heart and your mind through Jesus Christ. When that occurs, you will know when it happens because it will be a peace that passes understanding. How can you have normal blood pressure? You know what the doctor told me? He said, I want you to sit right in here. He went to the door and turned the light out in that examination room. There was sunlight coming through the blinds. He turned the light out. He said, I want you to lay down. I want you to relax. And I want you to think pleasant thoughts. Amen. Lay down. Yeah, get your mind off yourself and your trouble and your your bills and your... Just relax a little bit, son. You know, I think God tells us that over and over again. Why, Why don't you pray and go lay down and relax a little bit? Don't wring your hands after you pray. Raise your hands. Get an attitude of gratitude. Begin to thank me before the fact. Just thank me for my faithfulness. Thank God you have a God to call on because the world about you is without hope and without God in this present fallen world with all of its trouble and tumult and turmoil. Hallelujah. But you have a God who said, call on me in the time of trouble. Psalm 50:15. Call upon me in the time of trouble and we'll see what we can do. I tell the story, I've got to tell it again, of the, of the guy that back before they had all the guardrails and the tourist safety uh, equipment in the Grand Canyon. A man is wanting to get a look down into that canyon, gets too close to the edge and slips, and he's sliding down sheer cliff, and he grabs hold of a plant that is sticking out of the cliff, and that's the only thing holding him from plunging to his death. So he prays. God, help me, save me. And guess what? Heaven is silent. But he knows he can't hang on much longer. And even if he could hang on, the plant can't hang in much longer. And he said, is there anybody up there? You ever felt that way? Is there anybody up there? And a voice comes out of heaven and said, yes, John. I hear you. And he says, Lord, I need your help. God, I need help. John, I hear you. Just let go and trust me. Is there anybody else up there I can talk to? Amen? Somehow we need to tie in 
And I don't know if you have that scripture, anybody, right here that I'm talking about. Just. Okay, chapter, uh, the t- book in the. Oh, yeah, Psalm 50. Psalm 50, 15. Call upon me in the time of trouble. I will deliver you, and thou shalt glorify me. Now, you take that out of context, it's just pray and I'll answer. But a text out of context is a pretext. And there's a context to chapter, to verse 15. See, if you just take that, you're stimulating faith. But faith isn't the issue here. It doesn't stand alone. You know what he said? He's, he's, he's really nailing them in Psalm 50. You want me to read it to you? Maybe I better read it to you instead of just... Maybe I better tell you this first before we read that. Listen carefully. Preacher went to preach a revival at an old country church. When the offering for him was taken up, they had to borrow his hat. They didn't have an offering tray. You ever heard pass the hat? So they passed his hat around the congregation, and when they brought it back to him empty, upon receiving his hat, he shouted, Thank you, Jesus! Then the pastor asked him why he was thankful since he didn't get any money. His reply was, I'm thankful I got my hat back. If you really want to find something to be thankful for, you can find something to be thankful for. Psalm 50 is about thanksgiving. It's a psalm of Asaph. And it says the mighty one of Israel. God the Lord has spoken and called the earth from the rising of the sun to its going down out of Zion perfection of beauty God will shine forth our God shall come and shall not keep silent a fire shall devour before him and it shall be very tempestuous all around him he shall call to the heavens from above and to the earth that he may judge his people gather my saints together those who have made a covenant with me by sacrifice let the heavens declare his righteousness for God himself is the judge Selah hear O my people I will speak. O Israel, I will testify against you. I am God your God. I will not rebuke you for your sacrifices or your burnt offerings, which are continually before me. I will not take a bull from your house, nor goats from your folds. And every beast of the forest is mine and the cattle of a thousand hills. I know all the birds of the mountains, the wild beasts of the field are mine. If I were hungry... I wouldn't tell you. In other words, I have prescribed the sacrifices that you are offering. And you offer them consistently and religiously. And I'm not going to charge you for that. This is right. But I'm not receiving it. These right actions with the wrong attitude. Are you in the same book I'm in? Psalm 50? You're offering the sacrifices, but what man looks where? Outward. Where does God look? On the heart. So it's more than our religious activity. It's the attitude within our heart. And He's looking for something in the heart. That these sacrifices are given with an attitude of gratitude. There's an offering that is not prescribed for certain things like all the rest of them are. The sin offering, the, 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 uh, the meal offering, the drink offering. There's an offering in the old covenant called the thank offering. And there was no particular time to bring it. They were open 24-7 to receive it in the temple. However, it was generally brought to the temple after a sin offering had been offered. To show gratitude for sin forgiven. The thank offering. And there was no prescribed ox or five of this or one of those or a lamb. It was what you wanted to bring. It had to be honest. It had to be from the heart. It had to be a choice that that person made. 
to say, I'm so thankful for, to God. I want to bring an offering that symbolizes my gratitude. Amen. And it's called the thank offering. That's why thanksgiving is so vital, so important to God. In everything, give thanks. Now, I'm going to explain this real quick before we quit. Because here's a misinterpreted scripture. For all things, give thanks. Heard a guy the other day thanking God for cancer. Listen, it means for everything that God gives, every good and perfect gift comes down from the come on you don't thank him you don't thank him for your little girl getting strangled and raped by by a serial killer come on that's where you'll take this if you take it without putting it in some kind of overarching biblical context and the devil will have you thanking god for what the devil's trying to do to you and your family the thief came to steal don't read your insurance policy because it's going to call the tornado an act of God. Sin tainted this world, not God. Listen to me carefully. Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights in whom there's no variableness, neither a shadow of turning. Amen. The temptations, the persecutions. Listen to me carefully. Amen. God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he's led away of his own lust and enticed. Lust when it conceived bringeth forth sin, and sin when it's finished bringeth forth death. God is not behind this. God is a good God. God is a delivering God. God is a prayer answering God. And we're to thank Him for every good and perfect gift that He's given us in Jesus Christ. Can you thank God? Can you thank God today? I wanted to jump up on the table and say, No! Man said, if I get cancer, I'm going to thank God for it. God didn't give it to you. Don't thank Him for it. And you tell your husband this. I quoted Shambach again. Amen. Because he's a Shambach man. He said, if God made you sick. If God made you sick. If God made you sick. Why are you going to the doctor and trying to get better against the will of God? Why the radiation? Why the medication? Why don't you just go off somewhere and die? It's because God didn't make you sick. His name. His name. And name reveals a character in the old covenant. They called him Jehovah Shalom. Because he grants peace. He's a God of peace. They called him Jehovah Sikinu because he's the Lord of righteousness. They called him El Shaddai because he's the many-breasted one. Shad means breast. Hallelujah. The Lord, our banner. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Lord, the Spirit of the God, will raise up a standard against him. And we all know who that is because the next verse says, And a Redeemer shall come to Zion. Can you say, man? And the Redeemer has come to Zion. And his name is Jesus Christ. And he's God's standard against the enemy. Hallelujah. Praise God. Woo! We've got to get the Thanksgiving right. Now they're offering all of the offerings. And God said, I prescribed them. You are consistent in offering them. But I'm not accepting them. Even though your actions are right, your attitude is wrong. So here we are trying to get people to act right. How are you going to act? Amen? And if we ever get them to fall in love with Jesus get an attitude of gratitude and start serving the Lord with gladness and coming before His presence with singing. Hallelujah. Enter His gates with what? What opens the gates toward His presence? Enter His gates with thanksgiving. Enter His courts. You're getting closer. 
with praise. Oh, you're getting hot now. You were warm. Now you're hot. Come before His presence with singing. You're red hot now. He has put a new song in my mouth. He lifted me from the miry clay. He got me out of the place I couldn't get out of myself. He didn't just lift me out. He set my feet upon a rock. Amen. So I don't just keep sliding back into the same old mess. How He established me. Praise God. Hallelujah. And He put a song in my mouth. Praise the Lord. A song of praise. The humble will hear about it. And they will be glad. They will take courage. Why? Because they will hear about a prayer answering God that delivers those who call upon Him in faith. Everybody say faith. Don't ever get faith confused with the attitude of thanksgiving. Faith is not the only issue here. Gratitude is the issue. In all things with prayer and supplication. With. With. Thanksgiving. Are you waiting for God to do something to thank Him? God has already done something. If He never did anything else, if God never answered another prayer that I've ever prayed, the day I called upon Him for forgiveness of sin, so that I could escape hell and go to heaven and be reconciled unto God, and there'd be no enmity between us that I could call the God of the universe, the judge of all the world, my heavenly Father. I'm thankful. They called me one night from our church when we were in Sulphur Springs, and the cops called me at 3 o'clock in the morning. And says, this is the Tampa Police Department. Are you the pastor of the Holy Church of God? And I said, yes, I am. And they said, your church has been broken in. The doors were wide open. The window's been broken. And we want you to come down and tell us what they took. We'll be waiting for you. I jumped in my car. And I was angry. In fact... I got out of jury duty because of that anger. Because they, I was all going to, I've, I went, I sat on one trial, but I didn't sit on this criminal trial. I've been there three times. I'm going to be 70 in a, just a few months, and they're not going to call me anymore. Sister Ruth, give me a high five. After 70, they don't call you. I can't wait. <laughs> well, I could wait if I could be 50 again. Anyway, they, they called you after 70? That ain't right. You tell them how old you are. That ain't right. That ain't right. <laughs> Listen, I was angry. I was upset. I got in, a, a, in the jury pool and, and, the, and the lawyer for the defense, for a guy that breaking and entering, had a list as long as your arm of breaking and entering. He had broken this place and stole everything these people had. And he was quizzing people. And he came to me and said, Sir, do you feel, have you ever, has, has your home or any business of yours ever been broken in? And I said, Absolutely. He said, How do you feel about that? I said, I was so mad. And he thought, This is not a good guy to sit on the jury for this thief up here. Send him to the house. We don't want him. Want to get out of jury duty? Say, hang him, hang him. Get you right out to the house. <laughs> Say, I don't like that man. You, you go sit down. Well, I told him the truth. It made me angry. But I didn't tell him the rest of the truth. And the rest of the truth, the rest of the story. I've been preaching along this line of being thankful in everything. In every circumstance, give thanks to the Lord. For He's your helper. He's your deliverer. He's your peace giver. So, on the way down there, I started questioning. I thought, Lord, and the Word kept coming to me. The Word came to me. And He will give His angels charge over thee. They will bear thee up. And I thought, where were they? They're supposed to be posted around this church. This is your church. This, this, they've robbed your church.
got me up at 3 o'clock in the morning. Church has been robbed. And I got closer down there and I thought, Lord, whatever they did, we can fix with your help. And whatever they took, we can replenish with your help. And I'm not going to doubt you because they did this. I'm going to praise you right here and right. I'm thankful that you are still in control. You know, I had a thought going down and it was building more anger and, and inside of me. And I thought, if those angels, he ought to fire them. <laughs> Amen. He ought to fire them. You're supposed to keep them out of there. What's wrong with you? Amen. But somewhere between Plant City and Tampa, I started thanking God. I said, Lord, whatever I see, I don't know what they damaged, what they hurt, but whatever I'm going to see, I thank you that you are in control. You can fix. I'll tell you, they, they busted out all the stained glass windows on the, on the east side of the church. They threw rocks through all those beautiful stained glass windows. You know, the kind you buy at antique shops because you can't, the leaded stuff that with beautiful, when the sun came through on Sunday morning, you could see those beautiful scenes and they threw rocks through every one and busted big holes in them. Amen. We thank the Lord anywho. Hallelujah. We just thanked Him anyhow. And went on and preached as if it had never happened. And quit asking what in the world did you let that happen for? We need to quit that. We need to just thank Him that He's on the throne. He is in control. He's able to turn every cursing into a blessing if we will give Him the gratitude that is due Him. Can you And in everything give thanks. And you know what happened? Two ladies. Two ladies in our church stepped up and said, we're going to fi finance whatever it costs to fix those windows. I didn't know who to call, but I prayed. And I'm going to tell you, a lady come in there, and you would, with them big holes in them windows and the various colors and the leaded stuff, and she fixed them back. And when she was done, you couldn't tell there had ever been a rock come through it. And I said, Lord, let me get southern on you. Look at him, look at him. Hey, Amen. Look what the Lord has done. Can you say? Amen. Look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. The devil meant it for evil. It was a test. It was a test. But it turned into what's happening right now. God turned the test that we passed by praising Him into a testimony of His faithfulness, His grace. Hallelujah. 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 Look at Him. Look what the Lord has done. Glory! Glory! Paul fell among thieves. He didn't whine about it. He was stoned and left for dead. He didn't whine about it. Glory to God. Glory to God. And I didn't know those two ladies had the means because we didn't have rich folk. You know, we didn't have trumpets coming to our church. Not trumpets, Trumpettes. Donald Trump Etz, women, women billionaire. You got me? You feel me? Okay. You're not a Trumpet, are you? No, no, you're not. I'm talking about billionaire. Yes. <laughs> she blew like a whale when he comes up. Get... <laughs> she just. <laughs> Moby Dick's sister just. I said, you're, I love you, Allison. You're very honest. I said, you're, you're not a billionaire, are you? She went, that's, that's Southern for amen. Can you say amen to that question? God is good. I began to, th I said, Lord, I want to thank you no matter what they took and what I see when I get there. What they've defaced, what they've tore up, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. We're out in the middle of Suffer Springs. People would hear a tape of our ministry, find out, and they'd tell me, we'd love to come to your church. Where is it? I'd say, we're right off of Nebraska Avenue. At that time, we were two blocks behind the X-rated theater. Okay. Okay. Well, we'll come visit you sometime. They're not coming. We got a security guard. He got afraid for his life. He said, he said, I, 
He said, I'm not. And he quit. He quit, and the company wouldn't send him back out. He said he told us he's afraid for his life. said there was a prostitute over here soliciting during our evening service, and there was a, a drug dealer over here dealing drugs, and he's afraid if, if some cop come by and caught him, they'd think he turned him in, and they'd pop a cap in him, on him, whatever. So we had to just go back to God again. We couldn't get a security guard. I called three other companies, and nobody would come. One Saturday I was at the church looking out the window and I saw a prostitute sitting on that bench that was right out there where the buses used to stop and I saw a guy dealing drugs right on the corner in broad daylight and I called the Tampa Police Department. And I got one of those desk sergeant guys and, and I told him, I said, I'm a pastor and I'm watching a drug deal go down I'm watching a prostitute solicit. And people are not going to want to come to church with this kind of stuff going on. And can you send somebody out to, you know, just scare them off, do something? He said, where did you say that your church was? I said, it's in Sulphur Springs. He said, and there's a drug deal going on? And prostitution? He said, no. And that's all I got out of him. And I thought, Lord, we can't get a security guard. We can't get the law to come. We're coming full circle. I'm glad you didn't fire those angels, can you say, man? We need them back. We only had one car stolen. One car stolen in 25 years in Sulphur Springs. One car stolen. And it was Gerald's old brontosaurus of a Buick or something. It was old and it was a gas drinker and, and he drove it. He come out and that car was gone. We called the Popo and they went looking for it. They found it five blocks away. You know why they only got five blocks? The angels must have stopped them. No, he ran out of gas. He said, he said, I come to church on fumes, and the only way I was going to get home is go straight to an all-night gas station. He said, thank you, Lord. Thank you. My car wasn't full of gas. They couldn't joyride in my car. God is good today. You know, you've got to thank Him. Our air conditioning systems only worked half the time. We had three of them for that big building. One of them was always broken down. Always broken down. So... On Sunday morning, I parked behind the church next to the air conditioners in front of our big green trash bin container thing. Dumpster. People would catch catfish and fish out of the Hillsborough River, gut them, cut their heads off, and guess where they threw all their guts and catfish heads? and They threw them in the dumpster. I did not have to have a sign that said, Pastor's Parking so that I could get my place every Sunday. You know why? Because I parked behind there. Why did you park by that dumpster with the stink and the smell and the flies? Oh, because I just wanted to show how humble. No, because I wanted to check on the air conditioning system to see if they were even working or icing up. And in order to tell, I would hold my hand over those units. And if it's displacing the air to cool it, hot air is being displaced and coming out. And if it wasn't blowing hot air, it meant it wasn't functioning. And somebody said, Brother Venable, I saw you out there holding your hand over each air conditioning system. <laughs> they, they, thought, they thought, that man got some faith. <laughs> that man pray every morning over his air conditioning system before he even goes in to preach. Back during the day when a lot of Catholics were getting filled with the Holy Spirit, three Catholic nuns in a Volkswagen went to a, one of these great big meetings, you know, and, and they were hearing a message on faith. It was some kind of faith conference. And they, they, they were going in their, in their big old, their little old Volkswagen, and they all worked at a hospital. And they were home nurses that would go out to the hospital and go to people's homes and give them shots and things that they need. They got together. They went to this meeting. They stayed for three days, heard a great message on th faith. And, you know, Volkswagens get great gas mileage. 
but you do have to put gas in them. And they ran out of gas about a half a mile from a gas station. And so they got out and they went to the gas station. And the rules were, if you don't have a container, a metal container, you can't get gas in a plastic jug. So they were looking for a metal container, couldn't find one. They went back to the Volkswagen, looked under the front seat, was a bedpan. And they went and got gas in the bedpan, because it don't take much to get a Volkswagen going just to go a half a mile. And they walked back, two of them holding the bedpan, one of them, they walked back to the Volkswagen, they opened the gas container, they're pouring it out of the bedpan into the gas tank. And another car, Christians that had been to this meeting, coming along saw these three nuns, two of them pouring out of a bedpan into a Volkswagen. The husband looked over his wife and said, now that's faith. You'll have to, you'll have to think about that a little while till you get home. Things are not always as they, as they seem. Those two guys that sat on the bench? Absolutely. Yes. They watched out for the church. They honored the word. They heard the word while sitting on that bench. When, and they drank their stuff and watched. And I led them both to Christ. Before they both died. When they got down to the dying, they called for this preacher. And within one year, I led both of them to Christ. And they both went to heaven with peace in their heart. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. God is good. God is good. Listen, that's why we're so thankful today. Here, here he's saying, If I was hungry, I would not tell you, for the world is mine in the fullness. Will I eat the flesh of bulls or drink the blood of goats? Offer to God. Verse 14, here it comes. D- don't miss it. Offer to God. Offer to God. Offer to God. Psalm fifty fourteen. Offer to God. Off- You're doing all the cattle. You're doing the requisite sacrifices that I have required. You're doing it religiously. The activity is perfect. The attitude is wrong. I require the attitude be right. That's why the Bible said if any man give, and I'm talking about across the board anything, let him do it from the heart. Let him do it willingly. Not out of necessity or grudgingly. For the Lord loves... A cheerful giver. Offer your body a living sacrifice. Not like it's going to put you in a religious box and deprive you from any fun anymore. You'll find the real joy of Jesus in that kind of commitment. Hallelujah. Offer unto God. You've got to understand the sacrifices were being offered. He acknowledged all of that. But he said, I'm not accepting any of them because of the attitude of your heart. It's not right. The sacrifice without the heart. Offer unto God the sacrifice of praise continually. The sacrifice of praise? When does praise itself become a sacrifice? You know, when I first read that, here's how I heard it quoted when I grew up. I really don't feel like praising God. Bless His name. Devil's been after me all week long. Bless his name. You got to be careful what you're anyway. That's honestly. But I'm going to be big and give God praise even though I don't feel like it. No, that's not the. It didn't say sacrifice and offer praise. He said offer praise that qualifies as a spiritual sacrifice. Even the fruit of your lips. Offer unto God the what? sacrifice. Well, where does that sacrifice come? It comes from a thankful heart. Amen? It's not acceptable until it comes from a thankful heart. So going through all these religious motions, the choir proceeds. And there's got to be a way of getting them up there on the platform. They proceed. And they receive. 
The people watch the choir in their cloistered robes sing those beautiful choir songs. And what are they doing? Are they participating? Are they worshiping God? Is a heart broken because of his sacrifice? Is there a tear in anybody's eye? Is anybody falling deeper in love with Jesus? No, they're just watching the choir sing. Going through the motions. There's no spirit or truth in it. And God says you can do it all day long. But I'm not accepting it. And if God don't accept it, then we're spinning our wheels. We're like a hamster on one of those treadmills. Sunday after Sunday after Sunday. And God wants to change that. I don't want to get in a service that's cut and dried. I want the Holy Ghost to interrupt it at some point. Can you say amen? I want God to show up at some point. I want my heart to be melted at some point by His presence. I want to sense His power at some point. Can you say amen? I don't want the Boy Scout attitude. We don't smoke, we don't chew, and we don't go with the girls. That's not the Boy Scouts of today, by the way. Can you say amen? And we don't go with the girls that do, and therefore God is pleased with me. No, God's not pleased with me until I offer for my body, a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is my reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you might prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Can you say, man? Serve the Lord with all ye lands and come before His presence with singing. Let's finish this. It's almost over not over but it's just a place where we're going to stop will i eat the flesh of bulls or goats or drink the blood of goats offer to god thanksgiving and pay thy vows to the most high has anybody ever made a promise lord if you'll just get me through this i'll thank you all the days of my life i'll serve you all the days of my life if you'll just get me through this lord you can count on me i'll go to church Anybody ever said that? Come on, you had to say it at some time. I said it every time I got in trouble. I never went to church. But I was so glad when I realized there was something more than this old world's trouble. There was an eternity. And when my soul was saved, and God kept after me, and He didn't give up on me, and I became grateful because He saved me, and I offered my body a living sacrifice. And said, Lord, whatever you want to do with me, you know what he did with me? He made me a Sunday school teacher. No, Sunday school superintendent. I got to church before the pastor. Before anybody else. Because I, I don't know what a superintendent does. Let's educate. Let's do some educating, facilitating. Can you say, man, I didn't know what he's supposed to do. I just knew I was one. They gave me a title and didn't tell me what to do. I thought, well, I don't know what I'm supposed to do, but I'm going to put my best foot forward to get it done. Hallelujah. I was there before the pastor. I was waiting for people to show up. Couldn't wait to get there. I was there, ready. And I thought, I don't know what to do. I guess I'm supposed to help with the Sunday school teachers. They opened the classrooms, and I went in, and I thought, I'll sharpen those pencils in the name of Jesus Christ. So when they take the roll, they're going to have a sharpened pencil. They had them old crank type ones, you know. Man, you ever put a pencil in there under the anointing? Because you love. <laughs> they got on to me. They said, Bobby, Bobby, we appreciate you sharpening their pencils, but we go to use them and they're so sharp the point breaks off. <laughs> and besides that, <laughs> every three Sundays we need a new pencil. <laughs> I had to pull the throttle back. But I'm going to tell you something. Jesus did say this. If you be faithful over a few things. Amen. I'll make you ruler over many. Amen. Listen, I believe it was that faithfulness and saying, Lord, I don't know what I can do, but whatever I can do, I'm going to do it with all my heart as unto the Lord, not unto men. And that's why he put his hand on me and called me to preach his gospel. Can you say amen? Because he knew I would do it with everything I have and everything that I am. Offer unto the Lord thanksgiving. Don't stop offering all the sacrifices, but 
do it with gratitude. And call on me. And call on me. See, it pleases the Lord more than an ox or a bullock. And call on me then. And I will deliver you. And thou shalt glorify me. It's a win-win. You get delivered and God gets the glory for it. It's a win for God because he gets the glory. It's a win for you because you get a prayer answered. Everybody say a win-win. How many will be honest enough to say, I need to thank him more than I'm thanking him right now. And I thank him right now. I'm not saying you're not thankful, but how many believe there's room to expand on that? Glory be to God. If the thief steals something, thank God that he promised that he would make everything work together for good to them that love him and are the called according to his purpose. Thank God he's still on the throne. Thank God he's under control. Thank God he's able to subdue everything to himself. Hallelujah. Glory to God. But unto the wicked, God says, What right have you to declare my statutes or take my covenant in your mouth, seeing that you hate instruction? Cast my words behind you. Listen to me carefully. It's time for the sighing to turn to singing. Because trying to get God to pity you is not going to work. In the Bible, it's called murmuring. It's complaining. And I, what happened when they did that in the wilderness? They were in an infestation area. Enough snakes to put poison in a million and a half to two million people. That's a lot of snakes. But they could not touch them. They could not touch them until they begin to complain about God's faithfulness and provision. And the moment they begin to complain, that they couldn't touch them, not only touch them, it bit them and poisoned them. And they would have all died had not God provided in His mercy Nothing but pure mercy. An antidote. You know what his snake bite kit was? Take a piece of wood. Melt brass into the form of a serpent that bit them. Put that serpent, when it's cooled, on top of the piece of wood. What was that a type of? Jesus on the cross becoming sin. He that knew no sin became sin. Not a sinner, but treated as a sinner that we could be delivered from our sin and forgiven our sin. And he held it up on the piece of wood and said, Look! And every one that looked lived. And they all looked. And they all lived. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Did you get anything out of this morning? Is there room to be more thankful this week? Is there room to jump at the... No matter what you've been through or what you're going through, to come to church and say, Lord, I'm going to thank you. I'm going to thank you. And I'm going to express it in the way I live. I'm going to express it in my attitude, my activity. I'm going to thank you in spite of everything and everybody. I'm going to offer you the sacrifice of praise, the fruit of my lips continually. Glory be to God, for this shall please Him more than an ox or a bullock. And obedience just falls right into gratitude. Lose gratitude, people begin to disobey. Sustain gratitude and thankfulness. And then obedience is just the natural next step in that equation. And God has a thankful, obedient servant that enters His gates with thanksgiving. Enters His courts and comes before His presence singing that praise unto the Lord. Can you say amen? Hallelujah.
Glory to God. How many would like the Lord to turn your situation around? Just turn it around. Praise God. Amen. Are you ready to thank Him before the fact? Are you ready to thank Him before the fact? Glory be to God. Since somebody, somebody's going to get this. Some, somebody's going to get this. Oh, my God in heaven. Hallelujah. Will you stand to your feet today? I'm going to give you a chance to thank Him before we leave. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Anyone here that doesn't know Jesus and you want to know Him, would you come at this time? This is the appropriate time. You can come anytime. Hallelujah. Praise God. We're glad you came. How many glad you came to church? How many would rather be here than the hospital? Best hospital they ever built. Hallelujah. 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 You say, Brother Rumble, you're harping on this until, until those some people in this room can get their smile back and their joy back we can't leave this if we don't learn if we don't learn this lesson why why teach you about all the why try to teach you faith if i can't get you in gratitude because it's with thanksgiving it has to be offered with this element hallelujah how many's ever complained how many would rather praise him than complain how many found out that Talking about your trouble is like eating possum that isn't cooked right. Everybody can't tell you what that's like, but one guy that loved possum said, it's really good, but you've got to cook it right. You've got to prepare it right. Otherwise, this is what he told me. He said, otherwise, the more you chew it, the bigger it gets. How many know talking about your trouble all the time? It's like chewing possum not cooked right. The more you talk about it, the bigger it gets. You don't just have cities anymore. you got cities walled up to heaven. You can't get over them in a jet plane. They were big, honey, but they wasn't that big. Besides, even if they were, God is bigger. Oh, there wasn't just a giant. There were... Giants. There wasn't just an army. It's the fiercest army we've ever seen. Magnifying the opposition instead of glorifying the God who called them out so He could bring them in. It's got to change, Sean. It's got to change. It's got to change. Somebody's got to get a little bit of faith and a little bit of joy and a whole lot of gratitude back. Glory to God. Glory. I've got to read you one more thing. We're going to praise Him. I've got to read you this. This, this is good. This is good. This is good. This is so good. Sigmund Freud suffered from a horrible, true story, horrible cancer to his mouth. And in 1926, developed heart trouble. And even spent some time in a sanatorium, which we would call a, a nursing home. He returned to his home with a yearning for morning drives. And for the first time in his life, experienced the glories of springtime in Vienna. What a pity, he wrote, that one has to grow old and ill before making this discovery before he started appreciating he had to get old and sick well we as Christians don't need to get old and sick before we begin to appreciate God and his goodness to our life so friend of mine I cannot and I must not stop praising the Lord this morning he's done too much for me and I've watched him turn around circumstances just like those beautiful stained glass. Oh, by the way, when I got to the church, I was praising God when I got there. The officer said, what did they take? I looked around and I said, well, we had an old monitor here that quit working. And we've been threatening to throw it in the dumpster for three months. <laughs> they got it. <laughs> And in that little room over there, there were about three microphones that didn't work anymore. And we've been threatening to have a cleanup day, and we were going to throw all that junk away. They got them. <laughs> I said, listen, the good stuff is up there in the balcony, and in the dark, they didn't see it. 
All they got is the junk that we were going to throw away. Well, the cop was mad anyway. I was, I was now glad. I want to go home and go to sleep. We got one little broken window out and, 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 in, in, a, in a room where they reached in. Oh, they did take the alarm system. I forgot about that. They took the bell that was to warn. that. The, but anyway, they, in light of Sulphur Springs and 25 years, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Glory be to God. Amen. He took good care of us. And that cop said, if it had been a 7-Eleven, I mean, see, he didn't have the peace. I'd already got the peace. He wasn't thankful. He ready to get somebody. Amen. He said, he said, if it had been a 7-Eleven, that's one thing. If it had been a supermarket, that's one thing. But if they rob a church, boy, he wanted to get them. I said, listen, it's okay. We're going to lock her back up. Thank you for coming. All they took was the junk. All God let them have was the junk. And I went home praising God. All they had was the junk. God, I'm telling you, if you will thank Him right now in your condition for being God and being on the throne and being in control, God will turn it around. Woo! Oh, let's praise Him just a little while. This may not be for you. You leave it anytime you want. This might just be for me.